0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in Jaguars show. I'm Justin Dunk, joined by Kevin Knight from the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast and also of the Falkaholic. We're breaking down Jacksonville's week four matchup in London with the Falcons and the Drags traveling over there for the 10th time and more. Let's get to it. The 1-2 and Jags meet the 2 and one Falcons at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on Sunday at Wembley Stadium. Can the Falcons get comfortable in London? Because we know the Jags have gotten used to these games, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Falcons are up there in terms of number of games they've played. Obviously, the Jaguars are like a distant first. Um, I think they've played more than 10 games in London at this point. I think the Falcons have played like three or four. So uh, they're like familiar with it, and they did play there in 2021 I believe was the last time so they have some experience there not quite as much as the Jaguars but uh famously Kyle Pitts scored his first NFL touchdown in London and I know he's uh he's looking to get back to to those scoring ways uh so we'll see if he can continue that streak here in 2023
0: if you had to give us your elevator pitch of the Falcons season so far what would it be
1: I mean uh disappointing on offense certainly but uh the defense way better than expected so you know you win some you lose some and i think i you know right they're right about where i expected them to be in terms of the win-loss record here at two and one um you know full disclosure i predicted two and two uh before the season uh, after this game so we'll see um things definitely haven't gone exactly uh, as as expected they never do in the nfl i sort of expected the offense to be carrying things while the defense was sort of putting it together. Instead, it's the defense drastically outperforming expectations, playing extremely well under new defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen while the offense is uh, struggling, especially in the offensive line, which is definitely not something that I thought was going to be an issue after they were one of the best offensive lines in the NFL last year and seemingly only got better by adding uh, Matthew Bergeron in the second round. But pass protection has been a massive issue for this team through the first three games.
0: Football is back in Bet Online as your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Everyone in Jacksonville wants to know or at least try to figure out, is it even possible to slow down B. John robinson he's had a great start to the season of course atlanta's eighth overall pick in the first round of the 2023 nfl draft over 300 offensive yards from scrimmage to start his rookie campaign has he lived up to the hype kevin
1: he's definitely lived up to the hype uh the first two games were awesome especially this week two against the packers where he was just the most dynamic player on the field and um was definitely responsible at least in part for for the victory in week two, especially, but had a key touchdown in week one against the Panthers that I don't think any other player in the league could score on. So he's definitely been as advertised, but not, not perfect. I mean, definitely not infallible. We did see the Lions successfully slow him down last week. Um, but I mean, a lot of it is that eventually the Falcons decided that they were not going to run the football very much. Uh, only had nine carries. Um, was actually quite efficient but took a big loss on a a particular carry that really hurt his overall numbers and efficiency but um, he's excellent really strong and then the Falcons it doesn't get any easier when the Falcons bring in their battering ram of Tyler Algier right after you've tried to tackle Bijan Robinson for three downs so uh, right now the Falcons running game is their offense that's what they want to depend on and if you can slow that down that really seems to halter like halt their ability to sustain drives. And that's where they had the biggest issues against the lions in week three.
0: Devin Lloyd, the Jags outstanding linebacker is going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, not making the trip to London. He's had surgery on his right thumb screws inserted Doug Peterson, the Jags head coach, hoping he might be back for week six against the Colts. Do you think that that's an area that the Falcons will try to attack with Robinson in the run game.
1: Yeah. I mean, they'll take advantage of anything they can Um, against the Packers. It was poor tackling from the safeties and from uh, the the corners on the outside that led to Robinson getting free quite a few times. So if if you struggle to tackle or if you have reserves in there um, that aren't being assignment sound, Robinson can make people look silly. So they'll definitely try to attack. Presumably, I, I imagine it would be Chad Muma who, I was a big fan of coming out of the draft, but he seems to have struggled so far in the NFL. Um, You know, if they can get Robinson matched up on, on movement coverage, that's definitely an area they will look to attack uh, because Robinson has basically been Desmond Ritter's favorite outlet in the passing game when he needs to get the ball out quick. And given how poorly the pass protection has been, that that may continue this week against Jacksonville.
0: A lot of people around the NFL, and I would imagine fantasy players as well are wondering what's up with drake london and kyle pitts why have these two guys not been as productive as a lot of people thought they would have been entering the season
1: yeah it's it's a whole mess of small issues that compound into a big issue for those guys particularly for fantasy and one of them is that this just isn't going to be a high volume passing game they they sort of inexplicably opened with a high volume passing strategy against the lions and they had to try to dig out of that all game but even when the Falcons are, are playing well, um, you know the goal is going to be that they want to run the ball as much as they can um, and sort of accentuate that with the passing. Um, so they're just never going to throw a ton of passes to begin with. This is going to be a team that's going to probably be in the bottom 10 in terms of passing attempts. So there's already fewer targets to go around. Then on top of that, the pass protection is not held up. And the Falcons really want Kyle Pitts to be their primary deep target they've tried to target him downfield and he's done a great job of getting open consistently. But last year was Marcus Mariota just not having the deep ball whatsoever. This year with Ritter, it's been a combination of some, some just off target throws some timing that's been off because Ritter didn't have a chance to play with Pitts at all last year in his four starts. Pitts was already on IR at that point. So not a lot of experience with Pitts and Ritter together. Uh, Pitts also missed the majority of the off season recovering from his injury. So they don't have that chemistry fully there yet. Uh, Ritter hasn't been the most accurate passer, downfield passer, whatever whatever you want to say. He hasn't been the most decisive or quick, but he's also been under duress pretty much every snap. Uh, he was sacked seven times last week against the Lions. So it's kind of all come together to produce a very inconsistent passing game, and that's part of the reason why, while these guys are going to have their big weeks, Drake Lennon already had one in week two, the so week-to-week consistency is probably not going to be there for either of these guys until at least a couple of those aforementioned issues get fixed.
0: You would have to, amend, You would have to think, I should say, that the game plan for the Jags is going to be force Ritter to beat you with his arm. We all know about his speed and Bijan Robinson. So I think if you're Mike Caldwell, the defense coordinator for the Jaguars, you're going to say, "All right, let's see if this guy can actually do it consistently with his arm to beat us in this game." in London. Let's flip it around now. How do you think the Falcons view the Jaguars heading into this game in all phases?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the Falcons are probably most worried about the Jaguars passing game. I, even though it hasn't, hasn't been as successful as I think most people thought, I, I think we all know this is the strength of this team. And that these receivers, while they've had some issues with drops, uh, are capable of beating just about anybody. Now, the Falcons have been a great pass defense so far, which is not something that I think anyone was expecting. While they've sort of not been able to generate a lot of sacks, they they have generated a fair amount of pressure. And the coverage has generally been very good. And part of that's, of course, A.J. Terrell, who is one of the best young corners in the league, Um, CFL uh, star, Alford has taken over the slot and played very well there. So really the one hole has been outside opposite AJ Terrell, where they've had to play Trey Flowers since Jeff Okuda has been injured to start the season. And Trey Flowers has not been good in coverage, but what he has done is provide really elite run defense. So that's why he's been playing. However, Jeff Okuda finally was active last week for the first time, played a handful of snaps to get sort of his feet back under him. He does appear to be slated to start this week. Opposite Terrell. So the hope is obviously going against a more well-rounded and and weapon heavy uh Jaguars passing game that they'll have a CUDA out there to be able to play coverage on whether you know Christian Kirk, whether he lines up over there or Calvin Ridley. I assume Falcons will probably want Terrell on Ridley, but um we'll see how that goes. But the Falcons have played a lot of man coverage, which under Dean Pees the last several years, it was mostly zone the man coverage seems to be really helping this unit. They, they've gotten a lot of pass breakups. And then of course they've got Jesse Bates back there in the secondary who has been arguably one of the best additions of, of the offseason for any team. He has three interceptions already and has been just key to the entire defense working as well as it has. Um, and offensively, you know, the Falcons are going to want to run the ball and um, the Jaguars have done well against the run so far. So it's really going to be a question of can the Falcons establish the run anyway, Because like you said, teams are going to load up the box against Desmond Ritter because no one has any belief in his ability to be able to beat them. So he's going to have to prove it sooner or later. Um, And the Falcons, a lot of that's going to have to do with the pass rush because teams are going to crowd the line of scrimmage. They're going to make things difficult. They're going to make him read and and process quickly. And if he can't learn how to do that fast, uh, he's going to really hinder this offense's ability to be successful because you can't just rely on the run game when teams are completely geared up to stop it.
0: You mentioned and went into some great detail there about the Falcons' secondary, and one of the players that Jags fans are wondering about is Zay Jones. He missed last week against the Houston Texans. He's still day-to-day with that knee injury, according to Peterson, and he said he's probably a long shot for the game in London this week, but they'll see how the week goes. He's progressing very nice, Peterson said, and you would – think, ideally, Press Hiller, the offensive coordinator, and Peterson himself would like to have Jones on the field because then they can run some of those three receiver sets with Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and Zay Jones and perhaps take advantage of what you mentioned with those cover guys in the back end of Atlanta. But if Jones is out, we'll likely see a lot of Jamal Agnew in his place and Tim Jones as well. That's kind of how it went last week against Houston in terms of the snap share there Agnew did have a big fumble in that game that I'm sure he wants back or is at least going to want to try to atone for in this game and Trevor Lawrence has been playing at a high level for this team is graded among the top 5 quarterbacks in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus through 3 weeks has 8 throws down the field big time throws that is of over 20 yards that leads the NFL according to PFF so He's done his part. The receivers just need to catch balls. And in particular, Ridley, he had two key drops in the loss to the Texans. And you could argue another one in the end zone that he probably should have caught. Leads the Jags with four drops on the season. The Jags as a team have an NFL high nine drops overall. And what I'm getting at here is Ridley, you guys in Atlanta obviously know him really well, was these drops a problem with him when he was with the Falcons or how did you view it
1: really did have drops from time to time um it just sort of came with the territory but when he was playing with Matt Ryan it he caught so many passes that a few drops here and there just didn't really affect things when he got with Arthur Smith Smith really wanted him to run uh, more yards after catch routes and to run block more and that just wasn't really Ridley's game and I think we all know that that's not really his best usage so I think it made a lot of sense for the Falcons to move him to Jacksonville, where I think he fits much better in their scheme as an outside receiver. Um, But, you know, the Falcons seem to have the players on defense to match up. Um, You know, if Zay Jones is out there, that's going to be a tough first test for Jeff Okuda, who's going to get his first game action uh, in Atlanta, it seems like, this week. Um, You know, D. Alford against christian kirk i mean christian kirk obviously has the advantage probably against most slot corners at this stage so we'll see how that goes but alfred's a guy that's going to limit the damage not going to shut anybody down but has played pretty well on the whole and then aj terrell is he's going to hold and check whoever he's covering now i don't know if he's going to follow ridley or if they're going to play sides um they've done a little bit of both so far so we'll see but it's definitely a, a familiar matchup for terrell from all those practices together uh if if he's out there covering Calvin Ridley. And I suspect that's the one they, they want to see Terrell on most of the time. But with Jesse Bates back there, that's been a big thing is that they just have a guy back there that erases a lot of mistakes and covers a ton of ground in the secondary. And um, if stuff gets bop, bottled, bopped up in the air or things are off target, even a little bit, Jesse Bates has been pretty lethal at, at bringing down those interceptions. So um, it really just depends, you know, this, this Jaguars team, I don't think has played poorly. It's just been mistakes and mistakes can be very random and maybe they continue, maybe they don't. But if, if they don't, I think this is a, a passing game that can be pretty dangerous week to week.
0: Another familiar face on the Jaguars roster to Falcons fans will be Foyer Aloukoun. He has led the NFL in tackles last year. This year, he's got a bunch already. This guy's a tackling machine. How do Atlanta fans view him now that he's in Jacksonville colors?
1: Oh, everybody loves foyer uh, He was a big Favorite of fans. I think we all understood that the Falcons just couldn't match the contract that Jacksonville gave him um, because they were in a complete cap disaster from the Thomas Dimitrov, Dan Quinn era. Um, and they just had they couldn't afford to to pay another linebacker with Deion Jones making so much money. So um definitely happy for Foyer, who seems to have had a lot of success in Jacksonville. Um, he, he's probably the guy you're gonna want matched up on Bijan in terms of the coverage. Um, but they're, they're going to test him. They're going to make him run and, and chase. And, and uh the, the Falcons are really a team that's going to stress linebackers, both in coverage against the running backs and tight ends, where they just have a bunch of guys that are, are very capable. Kyle Pitts is one, but Johnny Smith has uh, been sort of another outlet for Ritter, who's a very unique, dangerous pass catching tight end as well.
0: The Jags offensive line has been much talked about among the Duval fans. And they're not quite going to get Cam Robinson back yet, although he is making the trip to London and his suspension comes to an end after this game against the Falcons, probably lucky for Atlanta. But do you think that the Falcons are looking at this offensive line and in particular that interior with David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett and thinking that there's a mismatch in there that they can take advantage of or perhaps mismatches with both those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's where the Falcons have have made their made their most success so far is in getting grady Jarrett and david on inside uh those guys have been dominant thus far they're two of the best interior defenders in the nfl through three games it's really been those guys push the quarterback out of the pocket and then can the edge rushers make a play um and claus campbell is playing a lot of edge for this team he can play interior too but he's a great run defender and that's why they have him out there especially on early downs but claus campbell has struggled to chase down quarterbacks that get pushed out get flushed out of the pocket so I I do wonder if in in obvious passing situations if we see more Campbell on the inside and start seeing more snaps for Arnold Ebicady last year's second rounder who seems to have not been in favor with Ryan Nielsen in this new coaching staff Um, Bud Dupree has been getting a lot more snaps than Ebicady so far but Ebicady's been very productive when he has played he has quite a few pressures for how few snaps he's played Um, so really the question is you know, if the interior pressure is coming, can the edge guys clean up and actually get the sacks? Because that's where the biggest issues have been for this Falcons uh, front so far.
0: That's one of the matchup on the interior that could decide this game. Ben Barts, the left guard, Luke Fortner at center, and Brandon Sheriff, who has been pretty good overall through three games against those two dudes. I think that could be a really key one in terms of where this game is won or lost. From Atlanta's perspective, how do you think that they can go about winning this ball game at Wembley stadium?
1: Yeah. I mean, they'll need to be able to run the ball. Well, I think that's kind of key for them every single week. Um, and then they need to get something from the passing game, whether that's just efficiency or an actual good game. I mean, it would be nice to see a good game from Ritter. Um, you know, there's just a lot of negativity out there on him and he hasn't played great, but um, you know, as a young quarterback, he's getting pretty much all the flack for the slow start on offense and not really fair to him, but, um, that's just how it goes in the NFL sometimes, but yeah, just like a good day on offense. Um, and then the defense just being able to hold Jacksonville to a reasonable number, um, which they've done every single week. It's really not been an issue of the defense letting up. Uh, it's been that the offense can't capitalize on what the defense gives them. And again, it's probably going to come down to winning the fourth quarter, which when the Falcons have won, they've dominated the fourth quarter. And when they've lost, they've, not been able to do anything in the fourth quarter so this is a team that's going to try to wear you down over the course of the game and then try to to open up a lead late um so really the key is you know getting that done um and i think the running game has a lot to do with that uh but yeah don't let the jaguars offense wake up against you uh especially the passing game you know continue playing good defense and then conversely the falcons passing game is probably going to have to wake up for them to have a chance in this game
0: All the Duval fans are hoping for exactly that, thinking that it's about time for this offense to break out. That said, they did score over 30 points in week one in that win over the Colts, but they've been disappointing in the last two games both losses for this team. I really think the receivers need to step up, and especially that offensive line has to be consistent. They can't take untimely penalties like Sheriff last week, wiping out a fourth down conversion from Lawrence to Ridley in that game that kind of changed the momentum and complexion of it overall. I think defensively, the Jaguars can – handle the Falcons offense especially if they load the box against Robinson they have a Luukun in the middle who is feisty even though he's undersized Atlanta knows that really well that he gets after it and packs a punch so very curious to see how this all plays out if they force Ritter to try to beat the Jaguars secondary with his arm. There's some talented guys back there who've already shown they get their hands on the football. Tyson Campbell, Andre Sisko have picks on the season. Rayshon Jenkins has flown around from that strong safety position and made a bunch of plays for the Jags. So it's a really intriguing matchup in this ball game overall, Kevin. So we appreciate you coming on to break it down and give us the Falcons' perspective. Where can people find you and your podcast?
1: Yeah, I'm, kevin knight at falcoholic kevin on twitter the show is dirty birds and Brews. you can find that on all your podcast platforms and you can also find us on youtube under the falcoholic that's also where you can find all my written stuff at thefalcoholic.com
0: awesome dude well we appreciate you for joining us this edition of the believe in Jaguars show was presented by bet online and make sure Wherever you're listening on the given podcast platform, you give us a rating there, hit that five-star button. We'll have more goods coming at you. But curious to see how this one plays out in London, England, at Wembley Stadium between the Falcons and Jaguars. Thank you for listening to Believe.